You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 13. You will reap rewards and you just have to keep at it. And it's tough and it can be lonely. So find good friends. Just to have a good friend or good community around you to like surround you during that time. Like that is my encouragement is find your community and find good friends who can lift you up when you can't lift yourself up. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schurn. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherr. Welcome back. I'm, as always, so excited that you're here and listening and tuning back in. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this podcast is dedicated to simplifying your health and allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. Of course, nutrition is always going to be central to our discussion, but the reality is is nutrition is just a piece of the puzzle that we need all aspects coming together to create the best life possible. In this episode, I have a very special guest. One of my dearest and best friends, Carly Hufford, is on the show. Carly is someone who I've always looked to for support and encouragement and honestly was one of the first people I can remember outside of family where I was able to fully understand what true community can do for a person. She is a mom to six young kids and currently plays one of the hardest roles of stay-at-home mom. I'm so excited to have Carly on the show because she is full of so much wisdom and I can't wait for her to share some of it with us. So today I'll be asking Carly about how she started learning about health and what that looks like in her own life, how she manages to feed a family of eight and get it all done, the balance on raising healthy eaters, and how to stop looking for greener grass and start cultivating the grass you have. I can't wait to dive in and to be vulnerable and open about real life. So here we go. Welcome to the show, Carly. I'm so excited to have one of my good friends on to talk about your life. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to like just talk and share and whatever. So. Yeah, well, yeah. so just to give backstory, Carly and I go back uh, probably uh, more years than I realized, but I met Carly after we were married and after I had kids and you had a couple of three kids um, with one on the way, I think when we met, but I feel like Carly yeah. and I just really hit it off and it's, we're very similar and it was like my first friend that really got health and kind of had like the similar passions that I did. And so Carly and I have been good friends ever since, not just because of that, but other things. So I'm excited to have her on. And honestly, some of the stuff is going to be new to me as well. So Carly, I just want to know about your journey. Like, how did you get into the whole health and, you know, raising your family well? Where did that passion start? Gosh, I don't even know. Um, It probably started when I started staying home with our second child. And I just had time on my hands. And so like, what do you do? You Google stuff and yeah. And that's kind of where it started. And then after that, it was just kind of like, I would pick up on other people's blogs and then I'd be like, Ooh, that's really interesting. So then I would actually go and like research it just so I wasn't doing things kind of like blindly because everybody else was doing it. And, um, that's kind of how it all started. And then it's just kind of like, grown from there. And my husband has 
been along for the the crazy <laughs> ride and he <laughs> he willingly like tries anything I suggest and I jokingly suggest sometimes like that one time I suggested that we make our own toilet paper just to be <laughs> environmentally conscious and uh he was like no I draw the, draw the line there and uh, I wasn't serious though don't worry I wasn't serious. I'll never make my own toilet paper but yeah so that's uh, kind of the beginning Okay, so you have to start somewhere, and I feel like even since I've known you, for both of us, it's really been a snowball effect of, you know, like, once you learn one thing, you just kind of go to the next thing and the next thing, but I feel like so often people want it to be, like, black and white, 100% or nothing at all, (laughs) but what's your encouragement to people? Just start. What do you think it takes to really just begin? Well, it just takes, like, one small thing. Like I can't even remember what I started looking up. Maybe it was just food, I think was kind of what I started looking at and like healthy fats and really introducing those into like our kids diet because they didn't consume dairy. And everybody was making a big deal out of the fact that my kids didn't drink cow's milk. And so then I was like, well, they need healthy fats in their diet. And so that's where I started was just looking at like, how can I get fat in their diet? And then I started realizing, wow, like our body needs good fat. And so then I just started small, you know, Mm -hmm. and with just adding like coconut oil to things or avocado every once in a while and using like healthy fats. And I got rid of all of our vegetable oil. And I started looking into like what kinds of oils were good and what were bad. And I got rid of stuff. And if stuff was too expensive at the time, like I had just quit my job, like if stuff was too expensive, I would either buy it and just like use it sparingly Mm -hmm. or just not use it at all and have a goal. Like eventually I'd like to like get this into our diet type of thing. And that's kind of how it started was it just started small. So it was super easy. I didn't like do an all or nothing thing where we got rid of everything in our house. Even if you came over now, we're a real family. We have six kids and there is some junk food in our house, you know, that we eat every once in a while, but because that's real life and we have people come over and not everybody wants to eat, you know, like, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. But this is what I love yeah. about you is like, you're just so realistic about it and that it is a journey. And I think that so many people miss that of, you know, I just want to be healthy all of a sudden. But even in my own life, I feel like I'm constantly learning from you even. And I'm the new, you know, I'm supposed to be the nutritionist, but it's still <laughs> a journey, right? Like it's still just yeah, like yeah. small changes. And I, I really love your perspective of like, I can even see how you've, your family have evolved, whether our husbands love it or not, but they probably don't (laughs) like us chatting via text or whatever. But like just seeing how your journey evolved and both of us have just grown over time. And I think that really is the key to lasting health because now what seemed unrealistic at the time has become your Mm -hmm. new reality, right? I guess, how do you maintain that realistic atmosphere with sending your kids to school and letting them eat school food and yet balancing a healthy life at home. Like, what, what does it take to have that balance? I don't know. Just willingness to let go of, I guess, worshiping our health mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, because I want my kids to be healthy and I want them to live a long time. But at the same time, like, I don't want to become so obsessed that 
they can't go to school and enjoy the snack that somebody brought for their birthday or decide that they want to eat school lunch because, you know, mommy says, oh, well, that's so unhealthy. Right. I want them to go into any social situation and not feel uncomfortable, but still make healthy choices Mm -hmm. for themselves. I... I think that's the biggest thing is I want them to make, be able to make those healthy choices themselves when they're not at home. So at home, we try and always make healthy eating decisions, you know, and stuff like that. Right. But I also know that like when they go out with friends, they're probably like at a birthday party, they're going to eat cake. I can't imagine them saying, I'm not going to have a piece of cake (laughs) because it's unhealthy, you know? Right. (laughs) Because I'd eat the cake too. Right. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. But just more or less teaching them how to make healthy choices and how your body feels when you do make those healthy choices. Like I can even just tell when they've had too much junk, you know, like we've went and visited family or been over at grandma's house and they've just been eating crap. And their attitudes suffer, their sleep suffers, you know, their overall health suffers, you know, they usually Mm -hmm. end up getting sick. And just the fact that healthy food and nourishment, I guess, makes you feel better and gives you the energy to do the things you want to do. It totally makes sense. Like in a way, kind of letting your kids still be in charge of their food decisions while Mm -hmm. training them or teaching them how to do it. And it, and I mean, I get that question yeah. so often, like, how do you raise healthy eaters? I mean, obviously, you have six kids, and not mm-hmm. all of them are going to love the food that, oh, no. you know, you that you make. And so, like, what is your take after raising, you know, six kids and having six very different eaters, probably? Like, what's your take on raising a healthy eater? Do you have any tips or secrets or tricks? Or is it really just being an example? I think part of it is being an example. And some of it is just the child themselves, like two of our boys, they love to eat healthy food and they would actually choose healthy, fresh food over junk food Mm -hmm. any day of the week. And they seem to think that they like junk food. And I'm like, you guys won't, won't eat it. And they don't eat it. They would rather have fresh tomatoes, carrot sticks. Those are the things that they just naturally enjoy. My girls, on the other hand, would rather just eat very sweet things and sugar and give them all the carbs, you know, (laughs) type of thing. (laughs) But um, when they're at home, I only make one meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, Mm -hmm. they're only given those options. And if they don't eat, I've learned to not stress over it because they will eat when they're hungry. And there's usually something on their plate that they will enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't try to make food that they'll just hate. But I also don't go out of my way to make kid-friendly food, I guess I should say. And if they try it, great. And if they don't, it's okay. And sometimes I throw away a lot of food at the end of the night, you know, like dinner time because somebody didn't like chicken. Somebody decided that night that they weren't going to eat chicken, which is something that they've eaten, you know, <laughs> right. all of their life. It's hot or You're cold. Like, <laughs> yeah. Today, they don't like chicken. Right. (laughs) I guess. And especially like Ella, she's like that. She just decides that she won't eat something, or you call it something. And like the other night, we had salmon, and uh, Gerson wouldn't eat salmon, but he'd eat chicken. But he likes salmon. So he just called it chicken. And I was like, whatever. Okay, I'll give you your like 
chicken and um, stuff, but just not worry about it so much. Cause I think we, we worry so much that our kids are hungry when they're not really hungry, because mm-hmm. I feel like children, we ha- we could learn a lot from children and they're eating. Like they eat when they're hungry and they stop when they're full. <laughs> right. That's and, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't gorge themselves and stuff. So yeah, I've just learned to like let a lot go. Doesn't mean it doesn't always bother me. I'll sit there and silently stew in my head about them not eating what I've made. But I really try not to make it this huge, huge thing at like the dinner table because then they're most likely then not going to eat anyways. Right. Right. It's a battle of the wills, right? When you tell them to eat, then they just go into rebellious mode and sit there. (laughs) But I love that because it is like we've put so many requirements on what it looks like to eat and what you should eat. But there's really... And the grand scheme of things, yeah, there's good food and bad food. But besides that, how and Mm. when we eat, there's really not a lot of true rules, right? And like, I think our kids (laughs) can teach us that best. And I I love how you brought that up. So when it comes to, to continue on with raising healthy eaters and being realistic, what does it look like for you to meal plan for six kids? Do you meal plan or do you just kind of go with it? I definitely meal plan. Otherwise, I would we would waste food mm-hmm. because I would buy it and then it would all just go in the garbage. I meal plan. I only do it by week because my brain can't think <laughs> past a week. Right. And but I'm still kind of learning because I feel like some weeks we go through a lot more like produce than other weeks, and so sometimes I do end up going to the store more than once. Yeah, so I usually meal plan on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then I go to the store on a Monday, and then I try to stick to my meal plan, even if it's something that I don't really feel like eating that night, just because I know that we have that on hand. Right. And I do also plan for one night a week, we have dance for all of our kids, and so that night is just crazy, so it's something very simple, and it'll be like quesadillas or sandwiches just so we can get everybody like fed and fed quickly and that they'll eat and can make it to bedtime in a happy mood because if they (laughs) if they don't then they fall apart so I plan for that too but if you kind of plan for the times that you know you're going to be busy I, I have found that it makes meal planning so much easier and to just stick with simple like simple meals and not be too complex your kids are more likely to eat it and less food goes to waste, and it's easier to prepare, I guess. Right. I feel like people are always looking for meal ideas. So I thought it'd be a perfect time to ask you, <laughs> like, do you have go-to meals? Or You're really good, though, about varying up, I feel like, food that you do serve, but yet you still have this system of normal and quick and easy. I like Mexican spices. Mm-hmm. So one day a week, we always have something kind of in that realm, Mexican realm. But I love Crock-Pot chicken tacos because they are so easy mm-hmm. and it makes your house smell so good. <laughs> and the kids like it. I like it. And then there's enough leftovers that the next day, either for lunch or for dinner, we can kind of switch it up a little bit. And my kids will actually like eat the leftovers. Unlike a lot of leftovers where they're like, ah, oh, we ate it yesterday. I'm not going to touch it again, even if you like reheated it or whatever. So we do eat probably chicken tacos. We do like chicken taco bowls or salads or whatever. 
at least probably once a week or every two weeks. And just a lot of, when I say plain chicken, it's just very simple baked right. chicken, but you put different spices on it and obviously like make it taste different than just like a purely plain chicken breast. And now that the weather's nice, grill, grill anything. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And then during the winter, we eat a lot of soups mm-hmm. um, that I can cook slow and long and like really develop the flavors. And I love soup. I could eat soup even in the heat of the summer. Do you, you kind of taught me about the snack plate and I love this because I do it all the time now too, where when we get together for lunch, tell people what the snack plate idea is. Well, it kind of came out of, I don't want to say laziness, but like, <laughs> I don't know what to feed them. And I'm not big into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all the time. So I was trying to figure out a way to get a healthy protein on their plate and then just other health options to like fill it out. And so it just became like we do summer sausage or some lunch meat and then like cheese and a yogurt and then fruit usually or like carrot sticks. And then sometimes we'll throw in some veggie straws for fun or crackers, you know, just something to, to encourage the eating of it. Right. But yeah, that's basically what we eat for lunch most days is just like, I call it snacky lunch. And it's just kind of like, I open the fridge and I'm like, Hmm, what do I have in here? And those are things that I always just have on hand. Mm -hmm. And so I can, I always know that I can feed those to my kids and they eat them and they don't complain. And yeah, so it's super easy and we all like it and it's fresh food. I don't have to bake anything and it's quick. So Mm -hmm. even on days where we're running behind for like school and stuff, it's quick and they can eat it fast and they will eat it. Right. Yeah. That's one thing I loved about it was that you don't have to cook anything. It's literally like summer sausage or cheese or lunch meat and fruit. And like you said, it's just stuff you can pull out like you would a snack, essentially, Mm -hmm. hence the name, and just like put it on their plate. It's genius. And so I think everyone should just come up with three or four snack plates and just continuously repeat them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like, I think it's a vital component, though. It's it's because everyone wants quick and we all do like you have six kids you don't have a ton of time you know some of us work other of us just stay home but like who really has the time to cook three solid meals a day it's and nearly impossible right but i think the snack plate well, is lunch comes right yeah and lunch comes so fast like after breakfast i feel like they just had breakfast and they're like i'm hungry i know lunch. and i'm like uh okay <laughs> <laughs> and and i will say it's easy enough that our oldest, when she packs her lunch for school, she knows what she can pack and she can pack it all herself. Mm -hmm. That's the nice thing. Like she was packing her lunch yesterday and she was like, Oh, can I have the tomatoes? And like, she was making very healthy choices and I was so proud of her, but you know, it was just, she knew the things that she could easily pick and she picked them and she packed her own lunch. And that was awesome. But so many people think that healthy eating has to be hard and you have to cook and, and do all of this. But 
the snack plate just proves that it can be fast and quick and it can even be mm-hmm. this is something that I tell so many people is like if you're going to a fast food restaurant sometimes at lunch right say you're working and you just need to go pick up lunch sometimes it's just as quick to go to the grocery store and just pick up random things around the grocery store mm-hmm. and kind of create your own snack plate it's pretty much the same cost for a lot more food and a lot healthier for the same value. And you hit all the components of that. And so I'm going to, in the show notes, I'm going to add what a snack plate could consist of. And so you can really see that laid out for those people who are still mm-hmm. questioning that because it's revolutionary. See, this is what a mom of six kids does to you. She teaches you a lot about <laughs> how to simplify life, which is <laughs> the best. Which, Carly, I'm friends with you for more than just your health advice. So you know that. <laughs> okay. So to switch gears, though, a little bit. I really think that there's more to health than just what we put in our bodies, which is extremely important. And I never get beyond that. But, you know, it's it's having a purpose and having a passion and, you know, it's just kind of how you live your life. And I think that more than just what you feed your kids, like you're very realistic about that. But I think that there's something to say for how you live your life in general. So you're a stay-at-home mom, but you haven't always been. In fact, you left you know, at the time you left the workplace, you had a better paying job than your spouse at the time. Mm-hmm. And from my own experience, I know that being a stay-at-home mom seems like a never-ending battle and sometimes Mm -hmm. even seems like there's not a lot of purpose in it, even though it's the greatest job there ever was. But you can see, you know, like the struggle of that. So what encouragement Mm -hmm. do you have to stay-at-home moms or parents who are looking to maintain a purpose and a passion for their life? I would say that one thing that always stuck with me was a mom encouraged me that you won't always see like the fruit of your labor right away. It can be years. And then you see the fruits of it all. And so like our oldest is almost seven. And I remember when she, even at the age of three, I was like, oh my goodness, maybe I should go back to work because this is just monotonous and hard. And like, I feel like I'm getting nowhere with anything. But then You get to years later, you can look back and you can see the way she's changed and just become a wonderful little girl. And even our son, who's five, you know, it's just sometimes it just seems really, really long and hard. But then you do end up reaping the rewards of all the hard work. Mm -hmm. So just keep at it. And yes, it is a thankless job. My kids will thank strangers for stuff, but then they don't thank me for things like the, for folding their laundry. I'm like, why couldn't I get a thank you? You know, like right. I do this every day and um, yeah, but just that you will reap rewards and you just have to keep at it and it's tough and it can be lonely. So find good friends just to have a good friend or good community around you to like surround you during that time. Like that is my encouragement is find your community and find good friends who can lift you up when you can't lift yourself up, you know, and Mm -hmm. who just push you and sometimes just tell you it's okay. You know, it's okay to cry right (laughs) over the spilled milk, you know, it's okay. Right. But Yeah. And then they're there also during like the great times when you look back and you're like, wow, like look at how our kids have grown and how sweet they are and yada, yada, yada. So. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, something as I've gotten more into relationships and the importance of them, 
it's been easier for me to ask for help, which mm-hmm. I think is such an underutilized thing. And, and so many people I've had on the show, you know, like experts in their fields would say one of the biggest things is we have to be a community of people who can ask for help. I feel like relationship really does that, but it's not picture perfect either because I think so often mm-hmm. what we see on, on TVs or on shows and what a friendship is supposed to look like or what our high school and college friendships look like are so different than now because of, you know, we're, we have kids and families and it makes it more difficult, but mm-hmm. seeing beyond the, the beauty of being able to hang out all the time, but still knowing that you're there for each other. And I think that that's huge. And so what is asking for help done for you? Well, just from personal experience, when I had just two kids, I felt like I could control kind of everything, you know, like I had two kids. It was, it was an easy, I guess, time in our life. And then we added our third child and I didn't have enough arms, you know, like I just felt like, what have we done? You know, right. <laughs> like what has happened? You know, we now have three kids and I can't do anything. And it even started with just asking my husband to like help. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I asked him was, I was just like, could you make the bed in the morning? And that was humbling for me because I stayed at home and I felt like it was my job to take care of the house and make sure that it looked nice and was clean all the time. And so it's really just started with asking my husband to make the bed mm-hmm. and then kind of snowballed from there. And so just asking for simple things. And I feel like now, I'm at a point where I understand why people don't want to ask for help, but also I'm at a point where I can frame my questions to people instead of being like, oh, text me if you need any help or whatever, but actually asking them like, what can I do to like help you Mm -hmm. or just taking it upon myself, just noticing that they need something and just trying to do it, you know, just like really being aware because it's hard and it's humbling right. to, to ask for help because you want to feel like I can do it all, you know, but you really, you can't. And like, even last night, like my husband's out of town and I called up a friend and I was like, it's dance night and I can take all of the kids to dance, but I don't want to. Could you come and take the, the little ones off my hands? She gladly came. And she met me at dance and she took the little ones home and played with them and they had a great time. And I wasn't stressed chasing kids and just like those things, learning that it's okay and that people really do want to help. Right. You know, I think that's where we kind of forget people actually want to help. Mm -hmm. And we just don't always ask the right questions and asking for help doesn't mean that you're a failure either. Right. And I think that, you know, like we live in a society where it does seem like we should be able to handle everything. Or if you can't, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, gosh, her life must be falling apart. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just being really realistic with it, that none of us can do it all or get it all done or do anything. And I think mm-hmm. that it brings so much joy to someone else's life when they know they're helping a friend or helping a family member or just helping someone in need. I mean, I think that's an essence, like a mm-hmm. like a true meaning of life is to give someone joy by helping. And it's not a burden, but it takes yeah. vulnerability. You know, it does take like, hey, I really don't always have it all together and I can need some help. And, and yeah, I think yeah, that's, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And when people offer their help, they're trying to to be a blessing to you. They're not 
saying, oh, well, you need help because you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like they truly want to help. It is so uplifting to help other people. And I think it just gets to that place of who's going to step up and be vulnerable first to realize, hey, I need a little bit of help. And you know, like being able to call on that. And that's something I just encourage people to do is just build relationships because it's so easy in this world to live life by yourself and to rely on yourself. And it's, that's overwhelming. Like that's, that can cause so much stress. That's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And I mean, okay, so you have six kids, six and under, which a lot of people are like, holy cow, but you just seem so even keeled. I'm sure it's stressful. Like you work in the most stressful job there ever was. But when you encounter Carly, so I'm going to speak to myself. When you encounter Carly, she's just this even keel, peaceful, and just radiates joy. And yeah, I've seen you go through times and I've seen you go through things. But in the midst of almost everything, you still have this overwhelming joy about you. And something you've taught me, like there's two choices in life. You can either cry or you can laugh about it. And for most times you're laughing about it, you know, like you're just laughing off life. And some of the things that Carly and Garrett have gone through, I can't imagine laughing about. And, you know, like spilling a whole gallon of paint down your freshly carpeted (laughs) stairs or breaking the glass on your fireplace. I mean, all stuff that are innocent kids, but at the same time could really push someone over the edge. How do you maintain such joy? And how do you kind of get yourself to de-stress, like just to live life in each day? Okay, so I would say that, first of all, I just enjoy laughter. And I think laughing is so good for your soul and just anything. And I feel like it has just helped me get through tough stuff. You know, like when Garrison knocked down the entire gallon of white paint down our steps, it made my husband more upset than me. But I was able to tell him, I'm like, it could be worse, you know, and it really is quite comical and it's not that big of a deal. And then he also like is like, I don't want to say the mirror, but like he does the same thing for me. Like the time that Eden unplugged our deep freeze and I had all those chickens that I had bought from your dad and they were all ruined. And I just stood out there and I was like nearly in tears. And Garrett was like, it's just food, you know? And then, so we kind of balance each other out in that way. It's like the things that make him the most upset, right? (laughs) like paint on on new carpet. I can, um, you know, just be the reminder that it's really not that big of a deal. And he can be the same for me when like our kids unplug the deep freeze and I lose all of the... Mm-hmm. all of that food. And I'm like, no, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's just food. And then we can laugh about it. And it's the day Eden ruined all of our chickens and right. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. And I would say that it all comes from like, I love Jesus. And these are just trivial things. Like one thing that I have learned is that first of all, life is short and you shouldn't spend it upset over, you know, paint spilled or a broken fireplace, Mm -hmm. you know, like those things are so trivial. Like those things really don't matter. And the things that do matter, I really want to like pour my soul into. And so getting upset over those little things, they are big things and they can be frustrating, but like to get so worked up over those that I can lose sight of the fact that 
Jesus has placed a higher calling on my life. And so then it's easier to laugh at those things. It's not just a coping mechanism. Right. It's just like, like it relieves stress and God has made me a person who laughs easily and laughs a lot. And (laughs) so there's just a lot of laughter in our family in general. And just remembering like this too, I hate the, I hate the quote, but I love it at the same time. This too shall pass Mm -hmm. because it really does. It goes by so quickly and you can't get caught up in the stress or you won't be a good mom, a good wife, you know, a good friend. And believe me, like I have stunk at all of those, Mm -hmm. you know, like I have gotten too stressed before. I'm not going to say that I haven't, but just really understanding like God's love for me and Mm -hmm. the fact that that's more important than build milk. Right. And it makes those things easier to handle Mm -hmm. because you realize not as big of a deal as what we want to make them out to be. And sometimes I make big deals out of itty bitty things. Like I still do. It's a learning process, you know, and that's why I love Garrett because he kind of is the one to be like, eh, you know, like, why are you freaking out about that? It's not really that big of a deal. Right. You know, when I'm, I need to know, you know, the number of people for this thing, you know, I have to know it. He's like, it's not the end of the world if you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Someone to ground you, keep you grounded. So in the online space, obviously, a lot of people struggle with envy and looking and feeling like someone has it all together. I mean, I get it. You know, I can put on my blog the most seemingly perfect pictures of food, but what's not being seen is messes and chaos and, you know, life, real life. And so what is your two cents on is there anyone who really can get it all done? And is there any such thing as catching up? (laughs) I don't know if there's any such thing as like catching up. Right. (laughs) I've always, you know, like I just look at laundry and I have a good laundry system down, but I'm never caught up. Mm -hmm. And And it's not just because I have six kids. It's just the way it is. Like, unless we were naked for like a day, there's always going to be dirty clothes. Right. You know, and uh, darn it. (laughs) And, and, um, yeah, so yeah, life is not perfect. And one thing that I have realized is like the blogs that I read where I find myself envying them. Like I read, I used to read, I should say a couple of wonderful large family blogs, but these women blogged, they were fitness people. They were like health advocates, you know, they homeschooled and they did all this and their life looked perfect. And I would really start stressing out about that because I'm like, I can't seem to keep up, you know, like I should be able to do more than I can because look at these women, you know, they're, if they're able to do it, then I should be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And one thing, uh, Garrett's mom said to me once was she was like, there's always someone behind the scenes helping them out. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that I was like, wow, that is true that Mm -hmm. they're not sharing everything, you know, with us. They're Mm -hmm. just sharing what they want the world to see, whatever that is. And so not to feel bad when like, 
my bathrooms haven't been cleaned or, you know, there's food on my floor and I haven't checked off enough things on my to-do list. Um, just not to get caught up in those things mm-hmm. because they, it really doesn't matter. I, yeah, so it I, doesn't change like our family's overall like happiness mm-hmm. and it's okay to, to ask for help in those times. You know, sometimes it's just as simple as just asking your spouse, Hey, can you pick up the slack? Because for whatever reason, I can't seem to get it done. Right. You know? Right. And that the, the quote, it takes a village to raise a family is, I mean, it's mm-hmm. so true. And it's like unfortunate that we've gotten away from that because you can totally see that. Yeah. I see that in my own life. Like every day when I'm scrambling to find someone to help pick up Ava at preschool or our oldest daughter, mm-hmm. it's like, man, it, t- it really does take a village. But something in my own life that I'm really working on, and it kind of goes along with that, is not measuring my day by how much I got done. And, yeah. you know, like yeah. I could be so easily fall into the trap of going to bed feeling unworthy of anything and just kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, like emotionally spent because I didn't complete my to-do list. I probably didn't even get a quarter of it done or a fraction of it done. And then waking Mm -hmm. up the next day and feeling the exact same way, like starting my day almost defeated by the fact that now I'm so far behind. It it never ends. Yeah. Because you have to do those things and then the things that you had on your to-do list, you know, for that day. Yeah. Like even like today, it's such a beautiful day that instead of taking my morning to do some like just cleaning around the house or like folding some laundry that needs to be folded, like we went outside and probably like not too long ago that would have really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like I would have stayed inside and not went out and enjoyed the sunshine with my kids mm-hmm. to get these things done because they needed to get done because otherwise I would be behind, right. you know, and there's such trivial things like on my to-do list today is to mop the kitchen floor. I can guarantee that's not going to happen. You know, it's already, you know, whatever time it is and it's just not going to happen and it's okay. You know, my kids don't care if right. people come over, they really, I guaranteed nobody would even notice if they were like mopped. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so we're our own worst critic. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, even like when my husband comes home, I'm, I'm pretty certain he doesn't normally, unless it gets really bad, but notice even the, you know, what's happening in the house. Like most people don't, I don't walk into someone's house and be like, wow, like she doesn't have it all together. Like that never happens. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah, but it's such a journey and I feel like we really have to be open and willing to change and, not get swayed by what we think others think of us, which is mm-hmm. challenging. It's hard. And I don't I don't know if there's any easy advice to do that other than just choosing to do that. But to kind of, you know, wrap this up, just a couple more questions. Okay, so going back to your stay-at-home mom, but on the other hand, there's so many women who are in the workplace and they're working to help their family and, and support things. And you know, as a mom who's done both aspects, right, been in the in the workforce while you had kids and stay at home, you know, like what advice do you have to the working mom? And I'm a working mom, although I'm fortunate enough to kind of be part-time of both fields, but still yeah. working. Like I still experience the guilt and kind of the shame, but the grass is always greener, right? Like what, what no, advice t- do you give them? Yeah, um, you're totally right with the, the grass is always greener on <laughs> the other side, you know, aspect. And I think somebody said once, well, if you think that, then you should spend more time watering your own grass or something like Mm -hmm. something along those lines. But 
my advice to working moms is just, it's okay to ask for help. And you don't, I know that there's only like, you feel like, oh, I only have, you know, X many hours between the time I get home from work to bedtime to like get all this stuff done, you know, because I want to be like super mom and make delicious meals for my family and spend all this quality time that it's okay to ask for help in those like situations and make life just easier for yourself. Maybe simplify, you know, bedtime, like we've simplified bedtime and I stay at home. Like, you know, you just kind of do what you have to do and it's okay. And there are always people out there that will tell you that you should be staying home with your kids. And while maybe you choose to work because you love to work, maybe you choose to work because you have to work to provide for your family. Like maybe somebody looks at me and they're like, well, you should work because I need to be giving my daughters this example of what a strong woman looks like. And I wouldn't think that my kids, my daughters especially look at me and think of me as a weak person, you know, but Mm -hmm. there are people who assume that I should work because I need to set a good, good example for my daughters. And, and I know that when I worked, there were people who thought that I needed to stay home. Like that was, that was my place was to be home. And at that time, like I wanted to be home, but it just wasn't an option. And to just not, I guess, not let those things dictate who you are and how you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, because then you're not going to be, you're not going to have joy at all. If you're constantly like, well, this isn't where I want to be. This isn't where I want to be. You know, it's, we always have goals, even like a stay at home mom, there's always things that you like have in mind for like goals for your family to make it run smoother or like, say you're planning for a trip, you know, like you have goals in your mind that you set. And sometimes you just need to just not listen to people and just understand that nobody really means what they say all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to you. Like I always get comments about, oh, you have six kids, you know, and sometimes they're not very nice comments, but nobody, like I would say there are some people who mean, mean to be mean. But most of the time, nobody really means to be mean. And if you come at it that way, like, nobody really is trying to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. That is not really their goal. It makes their criticism or what they think your life should look like a little bit easier to swallow and to, like, just let it roll off your shoulders. Right. Like, just Mm -hmm. don't. And honestly, life is too short to spend it just in misery because of what other people think you should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. You know, it's easy to be overcome by others' opinions and, but they're always going to be there, right? Like if we spent, and I say this to myself all the time, if we spent less time, if I spent less time worrying about everyone else, what everyone else thought of me and more time just worrying about myself, how much further I would get in my own personal journey and with my family and, yeah, it's just an everyday choice. You'd be a whole lot happier. Right. Like, you'd be a whole lot happier. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. There's um I just did a Mother's Day tribute that was the last episode. So Carly, mm-hmm. it's it just got released today. So when I say last episode, okay. just so you know. So the last episode and there was a quote at the end of it and it said there's no 
one way to be a good mother, but there's a million ways to be a good mother. And I think that's so true is like we look for this one clear set path, but it's constantly changing and constantly evolving. And and what works in our lives right now is going to change as our kids get older and as our life changes and, you know, based on where we live and, and what's happening. And so I think it is just living in the moment and being okay with who you are and where you're at and focusing more on on yourself and just trying to be the best version of you, um, even though that's hard. So just to finish it up, like what's one thing that you think could really help everyone just, you know, like one tip, one thing that you do every day that just kind of makes you you, like makes you want to continue on the health journey, makes you want to continue to just grow and expand and your own positivity towards yourself? Well, okay. So this quote has spoken to me in so many different ways because it helps me get through the hard, yucky part of being a mom and just realize that there is so much more. And yeah, so it's by Elizabeth Elliot and it is, it goes, this job has been given to me to do. Therefore it is a gift. Therefore it is a privilege. Therefore it is an offering I may make to God. Therefore I do It is to be done gladly if it is done for him. Here, not somewhere else, I may learn God's way. In this job, not in some other, God looks for faithfulness. Mm. And so when I just like come into the day knowing like this day isn't going to go perfectly. No day ever, ever goes Mm -hmm. perfectly. You know, (laughs) let's just face it. Right. Um, You know, just knowing that, but that this is a day that, God has given me and it is what you make of it. That just sounds really lame, but it's kind of true. You know, right. if you go into the day knowing like this day is going to, to just stink and be awful, then your attitude that whole day, like nothing good will come of that day. You know, you'll reach the end of the day and you'll just be like, I can't wait until the kids go to bed or mm-hmm. I make it to the weekend or whatever. But if you wake up each day and just realize that it is a gift and that like, if you do it from a heart of joy instead of a heart of duty and just like grumbling, your day will just go so much better. And I am far from perfect with this just because like earlier this week, I had a day where I woke up and I was like, the kids woke up early and I wanted to sleep more and <laughs> I just like was in a bad mood all day long. So the day took forever to get over and, you know, Garrett comes home and, you know, I just have nothing positive to say at dinner when we go around talking about what our favorite part of the day is. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, my favorite part of the day will be like going to bed, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I'm still a work in progress, but just like changing your attitude about each day, I would say has been huge for me. And taking even just a few minutes in the morning to do whatever it is that I need to do and have like quiet time, even with the kids awake, that like helps me so much in my day and just making making healthy choices and just being healthy emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually, like there's more to like health than just like 
eating well and exercising, you know, as you have said and, you know, and Mm -hmm. your blog and podcasts and whatever. But yeah, so just making sure that like you take time for the other areas in your life that need to be healthy as well. Right. Yeah. I think it's great. I loved having you on the show, Carly. I think it's just so cool to showcase like real life, you know, like it's easy to talk about the science and all these systems and methods of how we should be raising our kids and what our life should Mm -hmm. look like. But just there's really no one right way to do it. And it's just Mm -hmm. really choosing every day to make it the best and really choosing to never stop learning because once we do, we kind of stop living. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for being on the show, Carly. Yeah, thank you for having me. These shows are exactly what gives me the drive and the passion to continue the podcast, to showcase that life isn't perfect and what we've created or formed to be perfection is far from it. Carly drops so many truth bombs, I don't even know where to start. But seriously, how refreshing to step back from the science and statistics and just understand that there isn't one perfect way to live a healthy life. So to break it down, some takeaways from the show, I know we've talked about this before, but I think we all need to continually consider getting rid of or taking a step away from things that bring envy to our life. Unfortunately, the comparison trap is one that is too easy to fall into and yet so devastating for so many of us. It can push us into the pit of shame, and that becomes one that is so hard to get out of. So whatever is causing you envy, whether it's blogs, Instagram accounts, friends, even me, although I'd like to showcase that we're mostly a hot mess over here, that even if they are good people on a good mission, just take a step away for a while. What's most important is that you work on loving you first, and you can come back and see their mission from a different and right vantage point, one that doesn't bring so much destruction. So I want you to do that now. The second point is that we may start to be more content with where we are now. I love the greener grass reference of instead of looking for greener grass, we just start working our own to become green. Take what we have and make it work. Be persistent, never give up, and end the cycle of looking for something better, wanting and needing more, and just being happy with where you are and continually making what you have more enjoyable and better. And the last one is never stop learning. Even though I'm a nutritionist and have studied endless hours on health, there's still so much to be learned or better yet formed into my own life. There are things I want to work on and one of the most important things is learning more about myself. I really believe that if we choose to stop learning, to stop transforming, then in a way we choose to stop living. So with all of that, I really thank you for tuning in to yet another show. I hope you found them to be incredibly helpful and encouraging in your own walk. If you're in need of some more accountability, family-friendly and delicious meal plans, as well as motivation, encouragement, and additional tips sent straight to your inbox, make sure you sign up for my weekly meal plans delivered every Thursday at simplerootswellness.com. It's my passion to help provide you with more clarity and excitement in this health journey. And finally, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show and stay up to date on the latest releases, even the bonus episodes that will be coming your way. And remember that rating and reviewing the show does more than just help me, but it really helps bridge the gap to let others who wouldn't otherwise know about Simple Roots Radio find the show and find this information valuable and life-changing as well. So I hope you can take a minute out of your day to rate and review the show and share it with others who you think could find value from the show. So I wanted to leave you with one last thought. I want you to wake up tomorrow and to choose joy. How you start your day sets your tone for how the rest of the day is going to go. So what are you going to choose? I hope you choose laughter. 
and then to laugh some more, as Carly would say. Honestly, she's a prime example of just choosing joy and choosing laughter. So maybe we commit to that as well, to fully live by choosing joy. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you next week.